before we chat today, we have an exciting podcast to share with everyone. This is almost like a sister podcast to us, and we really love their work. Hot and Bothered is a podcast that takes romance novels seriously, and they have a new season coming up. And guess what they are reading together? Pride and Prejudice, which of course we love. So our hosts, Vanessa Zoltan and Lauren Sandler, they're reading a few chapters every week and they are trying to answer the question, why is this the book that launched a thousand romance novels? This podcast has already had seasons on romance novels in general. Last year, they did a Jane Eyre season, which so many of our listeners loved and enjoyed and listened to right along with our Jane Eyre episodes. And so I just think we're going to have a lot of our community listening to these Pride and Prejudice episodes. I'm super excited about it. It's such a smart question to be exploring. And if there's one thing we love as much as Jane Austen, it's listening to other Austenites explore her work. So along the way, they're going to be talking to Jane Austen scholars, fans, and skeptics to better understand the book in its context and in our context. The episodes release every other week on Fridays, and the new season is called I love this. Live from Pemberley. You can find it by searching for Hot and Bothered wherever you find our podcasts. And like you said, you'll find a lot of the Novel Pairings community already listening to these Pride and Prejudice episodes from Hot and Bothered. We can't wait to listen and let us know if you're listening along to Hot and Bothered's Live from Pemberley right there with us. George Eliot. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to talk books with you today. It was really fun to discuss Middlemarch for our last episode, but I've been so curious about what you're going to pair with it for like a couple weeks now. So (laughs) I'm excited to talk about it. I know. Same here. And this is the perfect day to talk about Middlemarch. It's snowing again here. I'm over it. And I feel like (laughs) Since we were supposed to discuss Middlemarch a couple of months ago in the wintertime, I feel like once we get this episode done, maybe that's like what we need and then it'll turn to spring. <laughs> oh, like we are the ones who are keeping it winter by prolonging these episodes? I mean, I don't think so, but I'll take any sort of magical trick that I can get. So let's just hope there's a little bit of magic in it. Great. I love it. So... um, As you could tell by this discussion, today we are sharing our pairings for Middlemarch. So in the past, we have read two classics a month. We've shared an episode for each of the classics we've read where we do a discussion for half of the episode, and then we share our contemporary pairings in the back half of the episode. But we are mixing things up, at least for the foreseeable future, 
and reading one classic book each month, sharing one discussion episode, and then one pairings episode. So if you have not read or listened to our middle March discussion, that's totally fine. You can just listen to this, get some book recommendations, whether they pair well with middle March might not even matter to you. You might just want to hear about some of the books that we want to talk about today. But if you did read middle March along with us, or you've read it in the past, or you want to read it, the discussion episode is there for you as well. They do not have to be listened to in order though. You can definitely listen to us talk pairings today and then go back and listen to the discussion whenever you are ready. Okay, Sarah, there's so much, there's just so much content. Middlemarch is a huge book. There are so many themes. And so I'm really eager to hear what you paired and, you know, all of your connections from these contemporary books to Middlemarch. So let's just get right into it. What is your first book that you're pairing with Middlemarch today? Okay. My first book, and (laughs) I feel like I still might mix some things up. I've just like had a hard time settling on on books because like you said, there's so much. But my first one is Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. And this is a, a novel set in the Kamchatka Peninsula of Russia. And I am mostly choosing it because it is kind of like a mosaic uh, putting together a sense of place of the Kamchatka Peninsula in a similar way that I feel like Middlemarch becomes this mosaic of pastoral Victorian England, where you see different. I mean, she's not in Middlemarch. She's not switching character POVs in the way like contemporary books do, but she zooms in on specific characters and specific events at certain times, and so you you get this whole picture of the community throughout the book. Disappearing Earth does that very differently, but I think in a similar sense gives that community picture. So this book is, it's a novel, but it almost reads like interconnected short stories. It begins with the disappearance of two young girls. So know that going in, if that is a trigger for you or something that you don't feel like you want to read about now. Um, it, that's how the, how the book starts. So it's not a spoiler, um, but just know yourself. And if that is something that, that you're interested in, and then the book basically follows women who are in some way impacted by this disappearance and, and really like loosely. So, so not necessarily the girl's, uh, relatives, um, or like the detectives involved, although there is some of that, but people who are in the community and kind of rattled by this this disappearance. So each chapter is told from a different perspective. And um, it really examines this, this, this place, Kamchatka, where I knew nothing about. Um, but there is very much like a, a blend of an indigenous community and um, more people who have been there less time. There are immigrants to this, this peninsula and it's a very kind of isolated place, which kind of reminds me of, of middle March in a sense. I mean, they're isolated in totally different ways, but in a way that really forces 
a community to be like hyper specific to itself. Um, that's how it felt reading Disappearing Earth. The other thing I really like about this book and why I think it's an interesting pairing for Middle March is it's very much an examination of different types of, of womanhood and how this community enforces particular types of femininity, um, polices gender. And I think Middlemarch is doing that in, in, you know, in more Victorian ways, but it's still examining those things. Doesn't force us to compare and contrast the women's lives. Neither Disappearing Earth nor Middlemarch does that, but we can see what it might be like to be a different type of woman in this community by entering all of these characters' lives. I really, really loved this. I will note that um, Julia Phillips, she's she's not Russian. She's not from Kamchatka. I believe she had a Fulbright fellowship or something where she spent a lot of time there, but she is not from the community herself. So I, I think that that's just an interesting note that she is more of an outsider writing from an insider's perspective. So I would not say that this is the book to read and stop and feel like now you completely understand this place. But I I really enjoyed meeting all of these characters and all of the characters kind of cross paths in interesting ways. And I will say there is like some resolution at the end. So if you're if you heard that it starts with um a girl's miss the two girls going missing and you're like I don't know there there's resolution. I I won't give any spoilers, but um but yeah, I'll, that that's what I'll say. <laughs> so that is Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. I really liked that book, which isn't surprising. We love novels in short stories. Urban yeah, we do. <laughs> it's very slice of life, which surprised yeah. me when I picked mm-hmm. it up. I really liked it. It's also just such a different setting. I had never yes. read anything set in that area. So that's an excellent, excellent choice. Okay. I My first pairing here, I feel like a lot of people were lukewarm on this book, but I loved it. So I don't know if it just met me at the right time or if it was perfectly suited to my taste. I'm not sure what it was, but Good Company by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney, who is the author of The Nest. The Nest was about, I think, like a bunch of wealthy siblings who got together I didn't actually read that one, but Good Company is a, it's kind of a quiet novel, which is why I think it pairs well with Middlemarch. Again, you get some slice of life sort of scenes. There isn't a lot that happens, which is maybe why people were a little less enthusiastic about it. So it opens And it's got kind of a dramatic opening. So Flora, her daughter, is about to graduate from high school and go off to college. They're about to have this party for her. And Flora finds a wedding ring that her husband said he lost. But obviously he didn't. So it sounds like there's going to be a ton of drama that happens with that. But it doesn't really unfold that way. And I actually think that might be more true to life than we might like to think. But what this book does is then it goes back and forth in time, and we get to know mainly about two couples, how they have 
been involved in each other's lives over a really long period of time. So this is a novel about marriage and different marriages and what happens when you go through hard things together, the difference sort of between young love and marriage in more middle age, and also just relationships over time. So As I was reading Middlemarch, I was reminded of this book that I loved so much because of the characters, because it was just, I don't know, it just, I really, really enjoyed listening to it on audio, the sort of quiet, lovely writing, examination of a handful of characters. I think another thing that drew me to the book personally was there is a theater element in it, so There's this Shakespeare troupe that these characters were a part of. There's a Shakespeare in the Park production um, that has something to do with how they all met. And so I think that that's, you know, it's a small part of the book, but it was definitely a part that I really enjoyed. But I think if you like, if you liked the character parts of Middlemarch, you liked the zooming in on these characters' marriages And you just liked sort of the quaint writing with bits and pieces of poignant life advice tossed in there. I would give Good Company a try. I do really recommend it on audio because I loved the narrator. And I'm I'm sure that had something to do with my experience and part of why I really enjoyed it more than a lot of the reviews that I read. So Good Company by Cynthia Dupree Sweeney is my first pairing. I'm still interested in picking that one up. I think I have the audio copy, so I'll definitely do it that way if if I do. It sounds like it would pair well with my next pairing. Of course, this always, always happens. Yep. <laughs> um, because all of these books are in conversation with each other. So um, my next pairing is The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer. Have you read this one? I haven't. Okay. I feel I don't like know if I you owned like a it. copy at some point. It's it's college people are like people who don't actually aren't actually friends with each other, right? Oh yeah, you hate that. <laughs> Frenemies. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> I mean, I would say this is more complicated than that. They do like each other, but there's there are resentments there. So, so I don't maybe. Know. Okay, it's a maybe. Okay, well let me tell you a little bit more about it. Um, this is definitely a book that a lot of people have have already read. Um, and I do think it's a love it or hate it book, which I always enjoy reading, even if I end up hating it. But this one is long. So, you know, if, if you aren't sure you're going to like it, that might make you hesitate even more picking it up. But um, the interestings, it is about six kids who they meet um they don't meet in college they meet at summer camp and it is a camp for the arts so um they all kind of have particular talents one of the kids is like a really great like visual artist and makes comics and i think summer one is a musician and they they see themselves as very special and they label themselves their little group the interestings and they're very very tight-knit um and the the book follows them from this camp as kids through their teenage years when an event 
happens that really kind of fractures the group in uh, profound ways. And then into their adult lives where they, a couple of the, the people in this little interesting group end up married to each other. Other members end up married to people outside of, of the group and they all live in New York and remain friends. But, but some of them have really been able to capitalize on their artistic talents and in very lucrative ways and are kind of living that artistic dream of being well-regarded for their talents, but also really well-compensated for it, while others are having to, you know, find, find whatever job and maybe get to pursue their interests, their artistic interests on the side if they're if they're lucky. And that's where some of the resentment is, is just all of these people who consider themselves so talented and um, so passionate and how that only really works out in a in a financial way for some of them. There are also lots of questions here about if if people married the right person. And there, you know, there were crushes and flirtations in childhood and adolescence that didn't necessarily pan out. And so then to to remain friends with somebody who you maybe turned down and now are not so sure you made the right decision. And um, I know that can be something that a lot of people don't like to read about either, just that kind of second guessing of relationships and like um, bordering on infidelity or at least like some emotional affairs happening in this book. But I just think it's a really interesting examination of very complicated relationships of people who've known each other for a long time. And so even though this book isn't set in a kind of closed off community, it takes place in like contemporary New York City, which is drastically different from Middlemarch. The way that they've kind of isolated themselves as this artistic community um, and the way they interact with each other, having known each other for years and years, for decades, uh, reminds me quite a bit of, of Middlemarch. It's sweeping in the same way that, that Middlemarch is. It just it has a long span of time. And while there are some like big events that, that shake the group, the more interesting parts to me are the ways they're just daily lives and how their lives become different from each other fractures them and then maybe brings them back together. So it is more that kind of the slice of life piece is what interests me the most about the interestings. I have a friend who read and really likes this book, but he can never remember the name of it. And he calls it the unlikables. Like he genuinely <laughs> thinks that's the name of it frequently. And he's like, what's that book that we read? The Unlikables. <laughs> and all of the characters, I, I think, yeah, all of the characters are pretty unlikable, at least at times. So you have to be okay with that to read this book. But I think that Middlemarch has some of that too. Like, I mean, we we like and dislike certain aspects of each character or like or dislike them more or less at different times as they make various choices. And that's how I felt about the interestings was they they were maybe unlikable in a way that feels uncomfortable because you have to think about yourself and 
um, some of the qualities you might see reflected in a book like this. So I think it's absolutely fantastic. It's one of my my favorite books. I'd like to reread it and see how much I still like it, but that is The Interestings by Meg Wolitzer. Well, I think it sounds like a good fiction matters pick yeah. for book club, but <laughs> for also sure. I think The Unlikables would be a great TBR toppler topic. Oh, totally. We should absolutely do that. That'd be so Just fun. all books with unlikable characters. Yes. I, I love an unlikable character, so... I'd be happy to topple anyone's TBR with that topic. There are quite a few unlikable characters in my next pick as well, but not all of them are unlikable. Under the Rainbow by Celia Lasky is another novel in short stories, kind of. Not, well, not short stories, but each chapter is from a different character's perspective and does feel quite contained. Um, There's sort of a beginning and end to each chapter, so it's not exactly short stories, but sort of. I really loved this book. Actually, Sarah, you sent it to me, and it's a good mix of lighthearted and heavy, which I found to be true of Middlemarch. I think tonally, this really matches Middlemarch well. So in Under the Rainbow, a community undergoes a lot of change and some characters are interested in that change. A lot of them are resistant to it, just like in Middlemarch. So Big Burr, Kansas is where this is set. And according to a ton of statistics and studies, Big Burr is the most homophobic town in the United States. And so a task force is sent to Big Burr in order to change hearts and minds. And this task force is made up of a group of people in the LGBTQIA plus community of all various identities and sexualities. And so we get to hear from a lot of these characters and from characters in the town who are responding to the presence of these outsiders who are outsiders because they're not from there, but also because this town is incredibly homophobic, they're outsiders in different ways as well. So it's very much like Lydgate comes to Middlemarch with his own ideas about medicine and everyone's very resistant to it and there's back and forth. Of course, there are slightly higher stakes here because we're talking about people's identities. There, I would offer a few content warnings for this book because like I said, it's there's a mix of lightheartedness and humor, but also there are some really heavy moments. There are a few traumatic things that happen to characters. Of course, because we're talking about the most homophobic town in the US, there is homophobia on the page, which can be difficult to read. But I thought Certainly, it's not a book that's like tied up in a nice bow, like, oh, everybody in the town changed and now they love everyone. But the ending did reflect sort of how small, subtle changes happen over time through exposure and how change isn't necessarily like blink your eyes and you open them and everything is different. And so I think that it it pairs well with Middlemarch in so many ways. I mean, we're focusing on one specific 
town and the characters, some of whom have known each other for a long time, some of whom are newcomers. We're talking about all of these social changes. We're talking about politics and relationships. I think a lot of the characters are grappling with what does marriage mean to me? What does this relationship mean to me? And I I really, really liked this book. I think that a lot of our listeners would like it if they haven't picked it up already, but I think it pairs really well with Middlemarch. And Sarah, since you've read it and you actually sent it my way, if you have anything to add, um, I know that you said, oh yeah, I thought of that for a pairing too. So it's kind of a co-sign from us, but Under the Rainbow by Celia Lasky. I don't know that I have anything to add. I think that you summarized this book perfectly and I was thinking about it for all the same reasons. Um, I, I guess similar to Disappearing Earth, it kind of has that mosaic quality where you really learn about the place by learning about specific individuals' interactions with the with the place. But I love what you said about the comparison to litigate with the appropriate caveats, but um, that like outsider coming in with new ideas. Yeah, I, I I really liked this book. And it, it was kind of under the radar when it came out. Under the radar, under the rainbow. So I, I think our listeners would enjoy it. Okay, I am really excited for your last pairing here. Okay, well, I'm, I am going in a <laughs> Are you going to change direction. your mind? <laughs> yes. Okay, so what I, I will just throw out, I was thinking of pairing A Girl is a Body of Water by Jennifer Nansabuga McCombie which again really is about a specific time and place this kind of closed off community um in Uganda and but it's it's much more the characters are much more lovable there's magical realism i'm throwing it out there because i think more people should read it and the cover is fantastic and it's a sweeping community story like middlemarch but I think I'm going to save it to be an official pairing for something else along along the lines. But, okay, instead, I'm going to pair two books, but together. <laughs> Both by Maggie O'Farrell, This Must Be the Place, and Hamnet. So you don't have to read them both, but I think that they make a really interesting pairing, and they both are reminiscent of Middlemarch in in different ways. So this must be the place is probably feels a little bit more like Middlemarch in terms of its plot because again it's following a big cast of characters and how their lives can interconnect. So it's it starts with this man named Daniel Sullivan. He's living in this like very isolated house in Ireland with his wife, Claudette, and their little children. Claudette used to be a big movie star and now is just a recluse and doesn't want anyone to know where she lives or what she's been been doing. Um, Daniel also has uh, older children who live in California who he hasn't seen in a while. And the book starts when somebody like finds them at their their house and it it starts this whole kind of unraveling of some secrets that uh, Daniel has been keeping that Claudette has been keeping and 
just it rattles their marriage. It's a really interesting depiction of middle marriage and of a second second marriages um, and blended families. And this book, it's told out of chronological order. So it reads quite a bit differently than something like a Victorian novel. But um, the way that she, Maggie O'Farrell, follows these characters and pieces their lives together and shows how how really small moments between two people can have profound and long-lasting impacts on a relationship and on an individual and who that individual becomes reminds me a lot of, of Middlemarch. I also am thinking about Hamnet really mostly because of something you said, Chelsea, at our book club discussion where you said that kind of the last lines of Middlemarch um, remind you of books about famous people's wives and how um, that kind of like supporting role is so important and often overlooked. So in the way maybe that Dorothea had um, power and influence in the end, in a way that maybe we don't like the looks of so much in our contemporary readings, but really were important and and just authentic to what power and influence would look like for a woman at this time and, and an interesting thing to examine. So Hamnet is the story of um, Anne Hathaway, not the actress, but Shakespeare's wife, Anne Hathaway. It's her story um, and what it was like to be married to this playwright. Shakespeare's name is never mentioned. And it also, it, it follows the sudden illness and subsequent death of Shakespeare and Anne's son, Hamnet, of the plague. So if you don't want to read about that right now, um, it's definitely a, a sad, a sad book. But it's also beautiful and really a good reminder um, or just a beautiful depiction of how even the smallest lives matter, which I think is very true of Middlemarch. So, but I do have to quote Raylan, who was on our horror books episode way back in October. Raylan read This Must Be the Place with me as part of the Fiction Matters book club. And she loved This Must Be the Place and she really hated Hamnet. And we were talking about how, to me, like these books have very similar themes about like, you know, the the quiet lives of of people. And and she said she likes This Must Be the Place better than Hamnet because she thinks the message of Hamnet is that everybody's life matters and that that's too like cliche and upbeat for her. And she likes This Must Be the Place because (laughs) the theme of that is nobody's life really matters (laughs) and she just likes that kind of like (laughs) darker more cynical uh theme a little bit better and I I think she said it really well and I think it's interesting that Maggie O'Farrell can kind of depict both and it makes me think about well what does it mean to matter which I think is a question that Middlemarch is asking as well so this must be the place and Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell paired together because of uh, what Raylan said about what it means to matter. That's so smart. I love that those are 
really particularly paired with that last line that we loved so much. Yes. And I've been meeting, I mean, I've been meaning to read both of those for a long time. It seems like I could pick up This Must Be the Place and enjoy it right now, but I don't know when I'm going to be able to read Hamnet. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, I feel like it would wreck me way too much, so we'll yeah. see. But I love those. All right, uh, let's sprinkle in just a little bit of nonfiction here. So Great. I think this is a book that Dorothea would really have loved. And also, I just think that it matches the tone of a friendly narrator who is often giving really good life advice in sometimes witty and snarky ways, often very sincere ways. And so my last pairing is You Learn by Living by Eleanor Roosevelt. And the subtitle for this one, I have to make sure I get it right, is 11 Keys for a More Fulfilling Life. So some of these chapters, these 11 sort of tenets, learning to learn is the first one. There is a chapter on the uses of time, learning to be useful, getting the best out of people, how everyone can take part in politics, learning to be a public servant. Those, maybe they sound boring to you, or maybe this is really sparking your interest already. I loved this book. I actually, I read it with my husband as a buddy read. We recorded an episode of He Read, She Read back in the day about it, so I can put that in show notes, but we both really enjoyed it. I really liked Eleanor Roosevelt's voice such friendly advice, still really applicable to today. I didn't find it to be super preachy or annoying, just very meet you where you're at, simple, lovely. And I think part of that tone is she's sort of responding to letters in one go. So all sorts of people sent her letters all the time asking for advice. And so in this Book. She's sort of categorizing those advice requests and saying, okay, a lot of people ask me for advice on this. I'm going to share a chapter about it. And so it just, this really reminds me of Dorothea and her constant striving to be a better person, to her desire to learn, her desire to be educated, her desire to be a public servant in some way, make a difference in the world. And Eleanor Roosevelt just I don't know. I just love the approach here. And I think the advice, the life advice in Middlemarch is an underrated part of the book that I thoroughly enjoyed. So I really wanted to include some sort of self-help, some sort of advice book here. And I think this is one of the least annoying, least um, pressure-filled self-help advice books that I've read. And I really love You Learn by Living by Eleanor Roosevelt. It's a book that I would read again and revisit. And yeah, I wish that I I should have grabbed my copy so that I could flip through and find some quotes to share, but it's just lovely. I think that if you liked that part of Middlemarch and you want something quick, this is a really slim book. You Learn by Living would be a good one to pick up. And certainly would be a book, like I said, that Dorothea would enjoy. I like pairing books with specific characters. I like when you do that, too. And that sounds just lovely. Um, Yeah, I I 
you said in our discussion episode that you thought readers who enjoyed kind of the nonfiction self-improvement sort of books would like Middlemarch. And so I'm glad you brought something like that to our pairings. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We recorded Um, some pairings. We did. Uh, We did. And let's talk a little bit about what we have coming up next month. So um, obviously our middle March episodes came out in March, not January, not February. (laughs) So um, we are running a little behind, but we're going to have two episodes out to you in April. Um, We are going to be discussing Love and Friendship by Jane Austen, which is a very short work of her juvenilia. We will be releasing that episode in the back half of April. And it's just going to be one episode discussion and pairings because the book is so short. We will also be discussing that with our literature scholar level patrons, along with another piece of short juvenilia from Jane Austen, Lady Susan. So if you want to read Love and Friendship and Lady Susan along with a really wonderful and smart group of readers and join us for a discussion that's happening in April. We would love to have you and you can find all of that information and join us at patreon.com slash novel pairings. Our second episode of April, really it's our first episode of April. I'm doing these out of order. Is going to be an ask us anything episode. I'm so excited to do this. I can't believe we haven't yet. And so We will take questions, any questions that you have, and we'll (laughs) we'll post this on Instagram as well, just so that you get a couple of chances and reminders to send questions our way. You can send questions to novelpairingspod at gmail.com. You can DM us. If you're in our Patreon community, you can send us questions on Discord or in a message there. Really any way that you can reach us. You can send us a question. You can ask us questions, of course, about books, but you can also ask us questions about life and reading stuff and other hobbies and teaching. Yeah, teaching, advice, things like that. We're really excited to answer your questions and get to know you better based on the questions you ask and let you get to know us better by giving you some answers. So we will share that episode with you in April answering those questions. And I'm sure we will have plenty of leftover. And so maybe we'll do another bonus episode on Patreon answering some more of those. So we'll answer as many questions as possible. But we're really excited to do an Ask Us Anything episode in April. So start sending your questions now. And yeah, so that's what we've got coming up. If you are curious what is even further out ahead, we have posted that for our Patreon community and you can go there to access information. Signing up for our newsletter is a good way to get announcements and information ahead of time. And as always, you can send us a message and ask questions, but we're excited to keep talking classics, share some reading advice and personal life stuff with you in April. And Sarah, I think we should probably close out the episode by just sharing what we're currently reading or listening to on audio. Okay, I am listening to Notes on an Execution by Danya Kakafka. 
this is, I think, probably one that people have seen if you follow some a lot of bookstagrammers on on Instagram. It um, it's a buzzy release, maybe last month. It starts with um, a man in, on death row and kind of counts down the hours to his execution. There's not any doubt that he committed these crimes, um, horrific crimes that so far I'm 25% in and they have not been graphically described uh, yet, but I don't know if that changes. Um, And then flashes back to the various women in his life, starting with his mother. Um, And so we get to kind of piece together his life. Um, I don't know if I like it yet. I don't know where it's going. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel, which is fine. Um, I think it's good when an author doesn't tell you right away what you are supposed to feel. I'm trying to just kind of suspend um, my own judgments for now. And um, I think the writing is quite good. So I'm trusting the author to take me someplace interesting and meaningful but I cannot guarantee that that happens yet because I'm only 25% of the way in. I will say I I do not like when authors write in second person uh, using you. And that's what she does for the chapters that are from uh, Ansel Packer. He's That's like the killer's name from his point of view. They're all in the you. I'm guessing she's doing that for a reason, maybe to like, connect us more with that mindset it doesn't connect me it just makes me feel not weird or icky to be in his mind just like it just takes me out of the story when when an author is just like you do this you see this you say I'm like but I'm not doing that I'm like (laughs) so I don't like I don't like that um but So, yeah, rave review already for me over here for notes on an execution. But that I, I'm going to keep listening to it, I, I think, mostly because now I'm just curious, like, what her point is, where she's going with this. And I've seen good reviews. So um, I will for sure report back. But that is Notes on an Execution by Danya Kakafka. What are you listening to or, or reading, Chelsea? I just started listening to Wahala by Nikki May. And... Beautiful cover, by the way, but it's about female friendship. It's a debut novel. I love debuts. And so this is about three Nigerian best friends. And then a fourth friend sort of starts to join the group, but she brings toxicity and chaos to the friendship. So it's a little three is great, four is a crowd situation. And so, of course, there are, you know, marriages and other relationships at stake here. I think that there's, I haven't gotten far enough into it yet to know, you know, if there's like a class element to it, but I'm excited about this one. And I I saw some intriguing reviews about it. So, that's Wahala by Nikki May. And I like I truly just started this one today. So I, I think that's all I can say about it. But I certainly will will update everyone, especially if it'll make a good pairing for something. Does it not fall into your friends who don't actually like each other? Sub-genre? I think that that's mostly that mostly has to do with the age of the friends. Okay. Okay. 
So like, I think there are so many of those that are around the college Mm -hmm. young adult age that that somehow annoys me. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see if this is a little bit different or not. But I I think if it's a little bit more, um, I, I wouldn't call this a thriller necessarily, but if it's a little bit more on the like domestic suspense spectrum, sometimes that's more okay for me. It kind of this almost sounds like um, a Leon Moriarty esque. Okay. So we'll see. I could be totally off about that, but um, yeah, I'll I'll give you an update on that. Yeah, keep us posted. Maybe it'll make our list of the unlikables. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Well. We can't wait to hear your thoughts on our pairings for Middlemarch and what you would pair with this very long, epic, complicated book. We would love to connect with you on Instagram to chat books. So please follow us at Novel Pairings Pod. Tag us in your bookish photos or send us a message to say hello or to ask us a question for our Ask Us Anything episode. That's probably going to be one of the best places to drop us questions. So make sure you're following us there. We are working really hard on getting some Patreon content up and running as we return from maternity leave, which has been a a bumpy process, (laughs) which, you know, we somewhat expected, but I think it's, it's been hard to re reintegrate novel pairings back into our lives here. And so we're working hard to get that Patreon content up and running. We've been having so much fun over there with our community and they have been providing such a respite from our sleep deprived states. So at the $8 literature scholar level, our community has access to monthly classes, to book club discussions, to bonus episodes, and at the $5 literature lover level, new bonus episodes on Fridays will be available soon. We're working on getting those recorded. So for access to our upcoming events and our backlog of content, you can go to patreon.com slash novel pairings, and we would love to have you as part of our classic readers community. For bonus links and a peek at what we're reading lately, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at novelpairings.substack.com. And you can also reach us by email at novelpairingspod at gmail.com. Thank you to Miles Eichner and Mark Anderson for our theme music. Next time, we'll be back with a special Ask Us Anything episode. Until then, we declare after all, there is no enjoyment like reading. How much sooner one tires of anything than of a